right, good morning, everybody. How you doing today? You doing okay? Happy Mother's Day again to all the moms in the house. And uh, moms, you know, you not only brought us life into this world, but you continue to speak life into us as we grow through every stage of our life. And so we're so thankful. And that's what I really want to talk today about is the title of the message is Speak Life. Speak Life. Did you know that in the book of Proverbs, which is the, uh, the book of wisdom, really, in the Bible, it says that our words can be life-giving. For example, let me just give you a couple of these verses. Proverbs 15, verse 4 says, gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes a spirit. Uh, Proverbs 16, 24, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And Proverbs 18.4 says, a person's words can be life-giving water. Words of wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook, all right? And so really, all the way through the book of Proverbs, it says our words can bring life, can speak life. And you say, well, okay, well, Craig, that sounds good. I mean, I'd like for my words to speak life, but I'm not really sure how to do that exactly. Well, really what God wants for each one of us is to speak life to the people in our life, all right? To speak life in the people in your life. And maybe you didn't grow up with a great example of that at home. Maybe there wasn't a whole lot of life-giving words uh, in your home. Maybe it was more critical or more negative or maybe just more silent. Uh, How can you speak life into the people in your life? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about today. In fact, I'm gonna give you a short little formula that when you leave here, it's going to be stuck in your mind, and you're, it's going to help you know how to speak life to the people in your life. All right, are you ready? All right, why don't you uh, get your Bible out and open it up to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3. Luke, chapter 3, verse 21. Luke, chapter 3, verse 21. While you're turning there, let me just remind you, this is, uh, Jesus has been for 30 years in Nazareth, and he's been growing and preparing for his public ministry. For 30 years, he's been working with his hands. As a carpenter, as a construction worker, he's been working with his hands, probably alongside his father Joseph for a period of time, uh, learning this trade uh, and getting ready. And I think probably every day he was wondering, okay, talking to his heavenly father, is now the time when I get to put this aside and do what you've called me to do? And maybe, just maybe, one day Jesus was sitting on a, a hillside, which if I took you to Israel with me, I could point you to the spot. The spot on, in Nazareth where it looks out over the Jezreel Valley like a patchwork quilt. Maybe he was looking out over that valley and he was praying to his father and his father said, today's the day. All right, time to put those tools aside. Time to pick up the mantle of the ministry I've called you to. So Jesus leaves there and he makes his way all the way down the Jordan River Valley, all the way down to the, to the north part of the Dead Sea where John the Baptist was baptizing and Jesus is baptized. And there's something that happens there that's incredibly unusual. Something that hasn't happened since uh, in, in another person's baptism. Something that happens that's highly unusual I want us to look at today. Are you ready? So let's look at uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. This is the word of God. When all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized. And as he was praying, heaven opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a physical appearance like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are 
my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Now stop right there. Something happens at Jesus' baptism. Remember, this is the launch of his ministry now. This is kicking it off. Uh, something happened that's highly unusual. First off, it says that the heavens were open. Now, we don't really know what that means. Mark's gospel says the heavens were ripped open. It just simply means that whenever we see this phrase, uh, this phraseology in the Bible of heavens being open, it means that God is about to reveal something. God's about to do something in a, in a supernatural way. So the heavens were open. And it says the Holy Spirit came on Jesus to equip him for his ministry. It's not that the Holy Spirit wasn't involved in Jesus' life before, but this was a unique anointing for his ministry ahead. But then something really remarkable happened that has never happened since at his baptism. The voice of the Father spoke. Isn't that just amazing? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the voice of God speaking audibly? Uh, at Jesus' baptism. I mean, that would be pretty unusual if that happened here, right? Like, let's say I'm baptizing, and all of a sudden, this is God. All right, that would, that would kind of freak you out a little bit, right? You'd talk about that over lunch for sure. The voice of the Father speaks. And, and what he says there is a very important message about speaking life to Jesus. In fact, did you know that there are three times in the Bible where Jesus hears the voice of his father three times. The first time is in his baptism, which we just read. The second time, do you remember when the second time was? You Bible trivia people? The second time was what we call it the Mount of Transfiguration. This is when Jesus took his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, they went up to pray. And while he was praying, all of a sudden, Jesus was transfigured. That means his glory began to shine. His hair turned white uh, like wool, his eyes like fire. His clothes began to glisten with brilliance. He, he began to show, kind of like he peeled back his humanity and his glory began to reveal. And the Father speaks. And what does the Father say? Well, in, this, in that verse, in Matthew 17, verse 5, he says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's almost exactly the same thing he says at the baptism. It's just he adds the listen to him part, which I'm sure they listened to very carefully then. But there's one other time when the Father speaks. And this is a more obscure passage. This is just really days before Jesus' death. The cross is looming, suffering is ahead of him. Jesus is wrestling with what, is, uh, what he's going to have to endure. And we read about this in John chapter 12, verse 27. Jesus says, what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But that is why I came is for this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. These are the three times that the father speaks to his son. Now you're saying, Craig, what does this have to do with speaking life into the people in our life? Well, it has everything to do with it. Because God the Father is our example of how to speak life to the people in our life. You see, I believe that Jesus needed to hear his father speak to him. Jesus was about to face temptation. He was about to face difficulty in ministry. He was about to face the cross. And what he needed in those moments was the audible voice of his father speaking life into him. Now listen, the same way, in the same way, the people in your life need to hear your voice speaking life into them. 
You say, oh, Craig, my voice isn't that big a deal to people around me, or they know I care about them. I don't really have to say it. Eh, You're wrong, right? They need to hear you say. They need to hear you speak. They need to hear your voice speaking life into them. You say, well, Craig, I I don't know what to do. Well, I'm going to give you a formula that you'll never forget, hopefully, of how to speak life. This is going to be a very practical message today on how to speak life into the people in your life. All right? So get a piece of paper out, pen out, get your iPad out. You want to write this down, get out your phone where you can uh, text a note to yourself. Make a note of these things. We're going to look at life, L-I-F-E. Those four words become an acrostic to help us know how to speak life to the people in our life. Here's the first one. L stands for love. L stands for love. So the father spoke his love for his son. Look at what he says. You are my beloved son. Some versions say you're the son I love. He articulated his love to his son. Now listen, uh, for you to speak life into someone, you need to speak your love for them. You need to tell them that you love them. And, you know, for some people, that's really hard to do. I mean, for some of you, that may be really difficult. You know, Craig, see, that's the deal. I'm not very good at communicating my emotions. I have a friend of mine, and she, uh, she said to me, I never once heard my father say the words, I love you. Never once. She said, now, I know he loved me because he always made sure my, my uh, gas tank was topped off before I went off to college, and he always made sure my insurance was paid, and he, he served me, did things for me, but he never said the words, I love you. But listen, it's important for you to express, no matter how difficult it is, for you to express your love. Listen, you can feel love without expressing it, but you can never share your love or you can never receive love unless it is expressed. And the simple way to express your love is simply to say those three words, I love you. I love you. I had a man come up to me after the first service. He said, Pastor, you know, you said uh, that, that dad never said I love you. He said, that's what my dad was like. My dad never said I love you. Now, I knew he loved me because he served all these things, but he never said the words, I love you, until my mom got really sick and he started taking care of my mom. And he said, I don't know what happened, but he started expressing his love. And then he couldn't say it enough. He, every time he'd see me, he'd say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And he said, I hold on to those words. Listen, the people in your life are going to hold on to it when you say, I love you. And the interesting thing is, the more you say it, the more love you have to express. Once you start to express it, the more you want to express it. One man was talking about his mom. He was one of 12 children. Can you imagine that household? 12 children. And he said this about his mom. He said, uh, the more she loved, the more her capacity to love grew. And that's exactly what happens. The more you love and you express it, the more love you have to express. And the more love you have coming back to you. Because when you say, I love you, guess what you're going to hear back? I love you too. All right? So if you want to speak life into the people in your life, start off, number one, with speaking words of love. Say the words, I love you. Second thing you want to speak is, is identity. L is for love. I is for identity. Now, I want you to look at what the Father says to him. He says this, words of identity. You are my beloved son. You are 
my beloved son. Those are words of identity. Now more than ever before, the people in your life want to hear who they are in your eyes. We have culture around us that's constantly bombarding them with messages of who they're supposed to be or what they're supposed to look like or how successful they're supposed to be and, and who they want them to be. There's constant this pressure to define us. But the people in your life, they want to know who they are in your eyes. How do you see them? Who are they in your eyes? That's identity. And the way that you express identity is this. You say these words, you are so blank. All right, you are so, and then blank. Now listen, I know the minute I said that, you put a negative word in that blank, didn't you? You did, didn't you? Go ahead and confess that you're in church. You are so clumsy, you're so dumb, you're so fat, you're so whatever. Whatever the thing is, you already put that in. Why did you do that? You know why you did that? Because you've heard those words before. The words of identity spoken to you have most likely been negative. They were probably spoken to you when you were a kid. But the problem is you keep speaking them to yourself as an adult. I mean, how many times do you have the self-talk going on and what you say about yourself is almost always negative? You are so angry all the time. You're so, you botch that all the time. You're such a disappointment all the time. Why do you do that? You know, you, we say these things to ourselves all the time and we're reinforcing a negative self-image. But that's not what the father said to his son. He said, you are mine. He gave positive words of identity. And positive words of identity are very, very powerful. They're extremely, extremely powerful. I remember a story about a guy, this guy was talking, he told the story about, uh, he had a son that was probably in that preteen stage of life and he was incredibly clumsy. I mean, probably his feet was too big for his body, you know, and he, he was just, he would trip over everything, break things. You know, if you raise boys, they, they go through that phase and this guy was just tripping and falling, I mean, for no reason, nothing to be on the ground. He'd just trip over his own feet and fall down. And, he found, and the father caught himself saying, man, you're so clumsy, man, get it together, you know? Watch where you're going. Don't stop knocking stuff over. Just calm down. You know, he was was saying you are clumsy and God really convicted him you should not say that that's that's a negative thing he said so I determined I was going to turn that to a you are statement that was positive so the next time his son fell on the ground it was very clumsy he went over and picked up his son by the shoulders and he said you are incredibly strong in fact you're going to be the strongest man I've ever met you know why because every time you fall you get back up and every time you get back up, you get stronger and you get stronger and you get stronger. And one day you're going to be the strong man that when he gets knocked down, nobody can hold him down. He's going to be strong because every time you fall, you get up and you fall and you get up. You're the strongest person I know. And that kid was like, what? <laughs> really? I'm strong? Yeah. You know what happened? He said not too long after that, he stopped being so clumsy. He started throwing his shoulders back and his chest out. He started walking with confidence. The dad could have said, you're clumsy, and he kept being clumsy, or he said, you're strong, and he started walking in that strength. Now listen, you can do that. These you are statements are incredibly powerful. They're incredibly powerful. Think about it. What if you said, you are so loving, you are so merciful, you are so tenderhearted, you're so strong, you're so courageous, you're so smart, you're so diligent, 
You're so mature. You're so hardworking. Listen, whatever characteristic you can find that's positive, you just put a you are in front of it and you can speak that identity in their life. You are amazing. I am in awe of how great you are. Listen, when you say those words, what are you doing? You're building them up. You're building them up. Listen, folks, this world is a hard place to live. And there are going to be a thousand people that are going to tear your kids down. But you need to be the one to speak life into them. Not just your children, but your spouse, your husband, your wife, your friends. People that you want, they're going to want you to be around them, right? Because you're constantly speaking life into them. First L is for love. I is for identity. You are, all right? So blank, all right? Number three is EF stands for future. Future. John's, in John's gospel, the father speaks about his future. Jesus says, Father, glorify yourself. And he said, I have and I will. And I think he was thinking, he was speaking about Jesus' resurrection. He said, I'm going to reveal myself and my glory in a greater way at your resurrection. That's how I believe uh, the father is speaking there. So when you speak future into the people in your life, then you're speaking life into them. You speak future about what their future holds. Uh, listen, uh, the fathers in the Old Testament used to do this all the time. In Genesis chapter 49, you have Jacob, uh, the father, his name later changed to Israel. He has the 12 sons, right? The 12 tribes. And he's giving a blessing to them before he dies. And to one of his sons, Judah, this is what he says, Judah, your brothers will praise you. The scepter will not depart from Judah or the staff from between his feet until he whose right it is comes and the obedience of the peoples belongs to him. Cool thing is he was saying, Judah, I see a future for you that through your line, there's gonna be a king and this king is gonna rise up. The scepter is gonna be in his hand and all the people of the world will, be, will belong to him and, and they, will, they will honor him and follow him. See, he was talking about Jesus, the Messiah. But he said, Judah, in your blood runs royalty. Judah, in your blood uh, you're going to raise up kings in your life. You're going to do something that everyone will look to and everyone will remember. See, he's talking about future, future, future. So the people in your life need to hear what their future looks like in your eyes. In fact, did you know that you can actually shape their future by speaking into them what you see? By speaking into them your hopes and dreams, you can actually shape their future. How do you do that? By saying these words, you are going to blank. You are going to blank. You know, you are, you are going to be so good at that. You are going to be an amazing dad. You're going to be an amazing mom. You're going to kill it in that new job. You're going to really make an impact. You're going to be, have such a, you're going to have such an influence in your class this year. You're going to really utilize that platform in athletics, that platform in art to really speak about Jesus. You're going to be blank. When you say those words, then you are speaking into their future. You're painting a future that they can aspire to and they can push toward. If you want to speak life in the people in your life, speak words of love, words of identity, words of future. Here's the last one, words of encouragement. Speak words of encouragement. The father says, you are my beloved son. And then he says, in whom I am well pleased. Man, I'm so pleased with you. I'm so happy with you. You bring such joy into my life. Those are words of encouragement. 
You know, a, a Harvard Business Review recently published an article about teams, teams that are productive and teams that are not productive. And here's what they learned. They learned that the teams that are productive, the highest productive teams, most productive teams, they actually, when they measured what they say to each other, they said six positive words to every one negative word. In other words, they were very encouraging to each other. Oh, you killed it on that. That looks amazing. I would have never thought of that. You're so smart. Let's work together. We can, you know, they just spoke positive words to each other, six to one. That was their ratio. The teams that were the least effective, the least productive, you know what their ratio was? Three negative words to every one positive word. Well, why'd you do that? Why'd you say that? That's dumb. Why'd you think like that? That'll never work. You shoot that down. Let's start over. You know, they were, it was costly negativity. Now, in fact, this same ratio was familiar on another study about marriage. And they tried to use words to be able to predict the health of marriage or if a marriage would even last. And what they found is marriages that last a lifetime speak positive, five positive words to every one negative word where marriages that don't last speak more negative than positive, they're doomed for failure. So what does that tell us? That tells us that our words of encouragement really matter. And the father showed this in his love for Jesus, that he said, you know what? I am so proud of you. Encouraging words, building up where you got this, you killed it, you nailed it. I'm so proud of you. You're so awesome. I'm so glad you're mine. These are positive words that build people up and cause them to move forward. They are speaking life into them. And so many people need words of encouragement. I heard this story recently is, um, you know, we're in the time of year when sports teams are kind of wrapping up their, they're having their end of school year banquets. And uh, this one team was gathering together for a senior banquet and they were recognizing all the seniors. And the way they do that is uh, they, they're sent home a, a questionnaire and the parents fill out the questionnaire and it's like, uh, tell us, you know, the nickname of your kid and some of your favorite memory, memories and character qualities, what you love about your child and funny stories and all this kind of thing. And they fill this out. And then at some point in the banquet, uh, the, those questionnaires are read out loud. They show pictures and everybody, it's just really affirming, encouraging time. But there was one girl that came to the banquet and she didn't have her questionnaire. Because you see, things are really hard at home and they didn't fill it out. And she was in tears because she thought, I'm gonna be the only one that doesn't have anything positive. Nobody's gonna say anything positive about me. I have nobody to speak life into me. She was in tears. So every senior was recognized, everyone read through their questionnaire and then uh, the coach stopped at the end and said, you know, and called the girl's name out and she said, you know, uh, she always is unique. She's always got her own thing going on. And so she didn't bring a questionnaire, but I thought we would fill out our questionnaire for her. Why don't we just share some things that you love about her? And instantly her teammates began to say funny stories and, oh, I love this about her and her character and her qualities, how much she meant to them. And all throughout the room, they began to talk about how much they love this girl. Now she walked into this room lifeless but she was wrapped in encouragement. See, that's what your words do. When you give words of encouragement, you speak life into them. And that's what the people in your life need to hear more than anything. They need to hear it from you. So how do you speak life into the people in your life? 
Well, let me give you uh, this summary, okay? We'll put it up here on the screen. Hopefully you got this down, but this is if you missed one, all right? How do I speak life to the people in my life? Number one, L, say, I love you. Number two, I, identity. You are so good at this, or you're so great at that, or you're so courageous, so strong, so beautiful. F, future. You're going to be amazing in that new role. You're going to kill it in that deal. You're going to be so successful. You're going to make such an impact. And E is encouragement. I'm so proud of you. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love you so much. I affirm you. I approve of you. You matter to me. These are words of encouragement. Now listen, that's how you speak life. Now let me ask you a question. What difference do you think it would make if you began to speak life to the people in your life? Again, there's so much negativity around us, but what if you began to be known for the person that speaks life? What difference would that make to your kids? What difference would that make in your marriage? What difference would that make in the office? When you walk in, the people want you to come talk to them because they know you're gonna point out something great and speak it to them instead of cutting them down or pointing out some failure of theirs. What difference would it make? I think it'd make a big difference. Listen, this isn't just a message for moms, even though moms uh, maybe do this more instinctively than others. This is a message for all of us. We all need to speak life. But let me give you a couple of closing thoughts about, about how this applies, okay? First thing is this, be intentional. Be intentional to speak life to the people in your life. That is, really leverage the big days. When you have big days like, Mother's Day, okay? This is a great day to speak life to your mom, all right? And to go through those things with her and to speak life. You know, big days like Mother's Day or Father's Day or birthdays or anniversaries or weddings or graduations, which we have a lot of those things coming up. These are opportunities when you can actually publicly speak life to someone and everyone else hears it, which basically just magnifies it times 10, times 100, right? When you say it in front of a lot of people, it even carries greater weight. So don't back away. Don't miss the opportunities to speak life on the big days. But also don't forget to speak life in the everyday, right? In the everyday. Now more than ever before, you can do this. You can, do, you can, you can send them a text. I'm so proud of you. Or I love you. Or you're so good at this. I was just thinking about how you just nailed it in that deal. And, and you just, you're so good. You're such a great mom. You work so hard where you are. Just these texts can speak life into them. Or a post or a comment or a post. Or send them an email. Or maybe even, I know this is a little crazy. Maybe actually write something down by hand. <gasps> we never do that. You mean you can write without your thumbs? Yeah, I mean you can actually hold this thing called a pen, right? Uh, yeah, write it down. You know what? They will treasure that. They will treasure it. They'll keep it. They'll hold on to it because you're speaking life into them. So be intentional. Just do it. It may feel uncomfortable. It don't matter. Just do it. Second thing is it's never too late to speak life into the people in your life. You may be sitting there as I'm going through this and you're like, man, now I really feel like a bad parent because I really didn't say any of that. Or yeah, I was kind of negative to my kids. Or I, I always point out the negative and, and I just, I'm never good at that. And I, I, it's just too late for me. Well, it's not. Do you, I want you to remember how old was Jesus when his father spoke these words to him? He was at least 30 years old. 
All right, so what that tells me is it doesn't matter the age of your children, they still need you to speak life into their life. I am 50 hmm, something years old, all right? And, and I still have a mom and dad that regularly speak life into my life and speak life into my wife and speak life into my children. And they wanna be around them because of that. Listen, it's never too late to start. Just maybe they're hanging on every word. Just maybe they're waiting, they're hoping, they're wishing that dad and mom would just speak life into them. Start now, start today, start today. And the last thing is this, you can really only speak life to others if you've received life from God, your heavenly father. See, your heavenly father wants to speak life into you. He, he wants to remind you how much he loves you. In Romans 8, it says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He wants to give you a new identity that you're chosen, you're forgiven, you're clean, uh, you're his, you're, you're, you belong to him. You're an heir. All these are your new identity that's in Jesus. He wants to remind you he's got a future for you here in this life and in the hereafter. He's gone to prepare a place for you and he's got future ahead of you that's good. He wants to place his Holy Spirit in you to encourage you every day, to comfort you, to strengthen you, to empower you to live this life. See, your heavenly father wants to speak life into you. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. So do you know him? Only when you have received life from your father can you really fully give it to those around you. So speak life to the people in your life.